Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, life after breaking through glass ceilings a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world. Join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, and welcome back to this episode. I am delighted today to have with me Anne McCabe. And I've known Anne for, I don't know how long, maybe she knows a little bit better, but we've known each other for probably 10 years. Long time. Yeah, maybe between 10 and 15, something like that. Um, and I want to introduce everybody to um, to Anne. She is a CFP, a certified financial planner. She's a CRPC, which is a chartered retirement planning counselor. Um, and has her own firm. We're going to be talking about that a little bit here, but it's Curo Private Wealth. Uh, she naturally sees potential in everything. We'll be talking about that here in just a minute. Um, and she calls herself a student of the business. And I think we, many of us are a student of business. There's no doubt about it, but uh, a student of business. Uh, she's been in the financial services industry uh, since 2001. And I'm going to say it anyway, as we're recording this today, this is my only podcast today. As we're recording this, I am um, celebrating my 40th year in financial services as of um, today. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, she has a heart of a social worker and the mind of a capitalist. And we're, I want to talk more about that. I think that that is something very unique um, that women possess. And I know you want to talk about that as well. She started or founded her uh, Curo uh, Private Wealth in 2014. And she, prior to spending a decade gaining Wall Street experience with a variety of different companies. Um, and she has consistently been in the Washingtonian Magazine's Top Money Advisor since 2016 and was named to Investment News, Newses, that's kind of funny to say, um, in Investment News, their magazine, yeah. as, as the nationally, um, it, on the national list of 40 under 40, 40 financial advisors. So she has consistently been selected as a five-star wealth Ma manager award uh, listed in the Washington Post Magazine and um, you know, just maintaining her physical, spiritual, and mental health is crucial to her so that she can advise other other people, right? And um, she's currently in search of, always in search of her next chapter in her book and all of that. So welcome to the show, Anne. I'm so excited to have you here. I mean, it's been a, we've known each other for a while, so we can say that we remember when we were much younger and much, uh, much more naive, <laughs> for sure. Yes, much less experience. Yeah, less wisdom. So thank you for That's, having me, Jen. It's great to course, be on with you today. Of course. And it was so great to run into you at Christmas time. And 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 so, we, you know, here we are. So I want to go in a lot of different directions. I definitely want to talk about um, talk about you and your um, being a student in, in uh, 
you know, in the industry. So talk to us a little bit about the experience that you had on Wall Street. And uh, because this podcast is all about breakthroughs, right? The experience you had on Wall Street, uh, where you sort of landed for a period of time. And then, you know, what what was the transition when you look back on what, you know, uh, what was the catalyst for change for the change that created you to say, you know, I'm going to step out on my own because that's a big step for people. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so just to, to be clear, when, when we say wall street firms, I was still here in Virginia, so I've never worked like, you know, on wall street in in New York, but worked for some large wall street firms. And I would say it was a, it was a big culture shock to be a young female walking into one of those offices. I didn't look like the rest of my colleagues. I didn't act like the rest of my colleagues. And one of my earliest memories was when a manager told me that I had to learn how to play golf because if I wanted to be successful in this business, surely I was going to play golf because that's where all the business deals occur. And I sort of, you know, followed along with that and took lessons, but never really felt like, you know, I really loved this or I was doing this because it was authentic to me. So from very early on, I, I tried to find my own voice, to find my own way of working with clients. And one of the reasons I think that I've always enjoyed being a student of the business is because I wanted to be very knowledgeable, very articulate about what was going on in the markets and financial planning topics. That gave me confidence. That gave me the confidence that I needed to be able to sit in front of a client and know that I could do the best job I possibly can, um, possibly could you know, and just as good as any of the mostly men who were in my office who had been in the industry a lot longer than I had. Yeah. Um, you know, as you're talking about that, I remember all those conversations that I've had to have, you know, I do not play golf. I said, well, why can't we do tennis? <laughs> we could, we could do tennis, right. And make, and make and have yeah. on tennis, um, or we could yeah. do sales too. But, um, but uh, I was going to say wine tasting. Why don't we do yeah, wine tasting? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And that's what I do now. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I think that I think that's really powerful. And I love that you kind of you went in this direction. Um, very similar to what I did is, you know what, if I can't beat them in that ca- facet, you know, by by however they the token woman in the room and the token woman in everything. Right. Um, I'm going to beat them by outperforming. And by the facts that I bring to the table and about my knowledge. And that's how I'm going to beat them because while they're sleeping, I'm, you know, while they're hibernating, I'm going to be hyper-focusing. Um, so I love that you did that. I uh, love that you saw that. So, so here you are working for, you know, a variety of firms, you know, uh, USB um, or UBS. I can't remember which way it goes nowadays, but uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot UBS, of these, yeah, UBS. Yeah, UBS <laughs> high, you know, high-end firms. Uh, why, why make this, the change? Because there's comfort there, you know, and this is part of breaking through glass ceilings. Some people tap on those and say, Oh, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to break through that. Um, why would you do that? Why would you leave the comfort of these big firms, the, the support systems, et cetera, and move into starting your own firm? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I am, I'm really grateful to all the companies that I worked with that helped train me when I started literally right out of college, I knew nothing. And so it was the the different firms that I was with presented me with a lot of opportunities, great training. Um, and so I'm, I'm very grateful for those opportunities. And I had gotten to a point where 
I really wanted the independence of being able to give the advice that I wanted to give that I knew was in the best interest of my client and no longer have to feel like there were potentially conflicts um, of, you know, the, the firm sort of encouraging me to say things or do things when I felt like I wanted to do them differently um, because I felt like that was what was really in the best interest of my of my clients. So having a nice foundation from working with these firms, but also feeling very strongly that if I had more independence and more flexibility and no longer had those conflicts that I would really be able to do the best things for my my clients. And at the time I had a business partner, we worked together um, at, at one of those large firms. And it was interesting because it was right after the great financial crisis. So we're talking like early 2010 when we decided to leave and start our own firm. And in a way it was very risky coming out of that challenging time from in yeah. the markets and in the economy, but also in another way, it was a huge opportunity because when you leave one of these firms, it's almost like Jerry Maguire, um, yeah. Yeah. where you leave and, you know, for, 40 advisors who are left at the office are all calling your clients, trying to convince them to, to stay with them, saying all sorts of crazy things about you, yeah. most of which yeah. are not true. And um, so we thought, you know, this, this is actually a great opportunity to take this risk and, you know, and, and try to do it. So thank you. Thankfully, it, it ended up really going well. Yeah, it was really scary. I remember we we got on the elevator because in our industry, you don't two week notice, right? You resign right. and you're like pretty much escorted out yes. of the building kind of thing. Um, and I remember we walked on the elevator and we were like, holy cow, you know, we we managed X amount of dollars five minutes ago and now we have zero, zero dollars under management. <laughs> right. So very scary, yeah. exciting, exhilarating. Yeah. And the story ended up ended up working out well, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, Lee Steinberg, who is Jerry Maguire, the whole movie was based on Lee Steinberg, um, has been a guest on this podcast. So if you're listening to this and because you are. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're listening to this. Uh, go back and find <laughs> my interview with Lee Steinberg um, because he's a, a friend of mine. And uh, yeah, it's a really cool story. You know, the the truth behind, you know, the whole movie and everything. So so I can definitely visualize that and and see that happen. So, you know, um, when you talk about uh, the fact that, you, you know, as you're in your bio, you're talking about the fact that you have this heartfelt, you know, this social worker kind of heartfelt, you know, uh, outlook and, and thought, you know, process, but at the same time, you're combining this with, you know, what, what some just consider to be oblivion or, you know, this, this dark room of, I don't really understand, you know, a lot of people don't understand finance. So let's talk about um, both pieces of that. How do you combine that in your practice uh, so that you aren't uh, seen as, you know, weak because you have a heart, um, because I know that could be challenging for a woman. And then let's talk about women in this particular industry of finance, you know, financial services industry at the same time. Yeah, I think having a heart when you're talking about finances is actually a huge point of strength. And I think it's a huge differentiator. And when we sit down with prospective clients or with clients with whom we've worked for a long time, we always try to marry the qualitative with the quantitative. I think you have to have both to really do powerful planning for clients. And if you 
you think of the definition of Curo. So my firm is called Curo Private Wealth. That is Latin for to care. So everything that we do when we work with clients at the center of it is caring about not just their money and their investments, but also themselves as people, their families, what they're passionate about, what kind of legacy they want to live. So I think it's not only a differentiator, but it's a huge point of strength. And I think people really want it, right? They yeah. they want to come and show you their investments and talk about the numbers and all those things are important. But we always say the money is a means to an end, right? We, we talk first about the whys of life, what you're trying to accomplish, what's important to you, what's on your bucket list. And then we talk about the money as a tool to make those whys of life happen. So they're the how, but we really focus on the whys first and foremost. Um, but being a female in this industry, I remember back in my early years, there was a very large female producer in, in my office. And I went in to, to talk with her one day to see if she would mentor me. And she was, I'm going to put it politely, very cold to me. There are other words I, I could think of, but she basically, in not so many words said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time with you because statistically speaking, you're not going to be here in a year. You know, most people who get into this industry, especially, you know, young women fail out very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I remember making a promise to myself in that moment, like if I ever become successful or if I make it, or if I prove her wrong, I will never be one of those people, right? Anytime a young female comes and asks for a mentorship or asks for advice or, you know, wants to have a phone call with me, I will never say no. So sometimes I get myself into a pickle because I really have very limited time. And I always say yes, when I have young women reach out to, to, you know, talk about the industry or, or ask for advice. So um, that's something that I've really tried to, to bring to our industry is, uh, you know, approach being approachable and, and really caring about wanting the best for our industry. And I think what would be better for our industry is if we have more diversity, right? So not just more women, but more people of color. I mean, we, as an industry, when you go to these conferences, it's old white men. I mean, yeah. that's just, yeah. <laughs> there's it no is. other way to I, put I know. it. So and, I, and we're trying, trying to make, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because it's not just in financial. I mean, I say financial services as, as a global, right? That includes mortgage. It includes it includes financial planning. It includes attorneys, right? It's all of that. Anything that has to do with money, there are less women that are involved. And, you know, historically speaking, and I'm not pegging or stereotyping, I'm just saying historically speaking, um, and I, I mean, way back 40 years, you know, the man ran the money, the ran, man worked, you know, the woman was a stay at home kind of person. And that it just started this DNA trend of, uh, you know, well, we don't know about money. And I, you know, I, I'm thankful every day and particularly today, right? I'm thankful every day that I um, wasn't able to find a, a, a job in my, my uh, career, in my um Oh, you got what I graduated with, right? I wasn't able to find major. Your major, yeah. Thank you. I'm major. having a brain fade today. That's 40 years in this business, um, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, with my major, and I'm thankful that I couldn't find a job in that line of work, and then I was sort of plucked into, you know, mortgages because you know my my uh, expertise in in the market and place and everything has just you know it's just exponential and it's so different. So let me ask you this: Who do you? Who do you look up to who is a woman in your space of financial planning? If we're looking across the country, like really, you know, entrepreneurial celebrities, who are you looking at and what is it about them that you love? 
I'm sorry to say that I really, I don't, I don't have anyone who's specifically in my industry who I look up to. I mean, when I think about people who, women in particular, who inspire me, um, I think a lot about my grandmother. She was one of the first women to go to medical school and she was rejected from medical school multiple times. Um, you know, sometimes I think she would tell me, you know, 12 times, other times I've heard like five or six. So I don't know, somewhere, somewhere in that space. But the point is that when, when she was growing up, she was born in the early 1900s, you know, women didn't, they weren't doctors, they didn't go to medical school. And so when um, every time I've heard no in my life, and I've been rejected, which has been many, many times, and especially growing a business, when you're 20 something years old, a woman, you know, um, don't really know anything, and you're asking people to do financial planning and invest their money with them, I heard no plenty. And, um, and I, that would always give me inspiration, right? That, that rejection and her just sheer determination and persistence. I think they finally let her into medical school just to like shut her up. Right. Because they, they could tell that she was not going to give up until they let her in. And so, yeah, but unfortunately, you know, a lot of the women that are like celebrities that are in the financial space, um, I don't appreciate I don't know if it's how they're portrayed or, you know, what their public personality is. It's just very different from how I approach things. So um, unfortunately I don't, you know, I don't have anyone who's famous per se that's in my industry that I really look up to. So. So you're going to be that person, right? So that, that said, what, what would you like? (laughs) I hope. Yeah. What would you like to say to, women that are in, you know, the financial, and by the way, I sit on a, I not sit on a board, but I am um, on a panel every single year at George Washington University for women in business, right? So these are all young college girls who are in, uh, you know, accounting, financial planning, business management, you know, all of that. And a couple of years ago, I was there and I said, well, does anybody have any questions? And, And one, they're timid right? Like the hands barely go up. They're shaking them on the way up. And, um, yeah. Said, okay. So what, what's your question? And she said, well, um, can you wear a dress to a business meeting? And I, my jaw hit the floor and I was oh, wearing wow. a dress. And then the second one, it's like popcorn, right? That first person comes up and all of a sudden everybody's got questions. So popcorn, you know, she popcorns, and she, can you wear nail polish in a business meeting? And I thought, what? these are the future women. My daughter was there. Honest to God, truth. You can ask her because you know her. Honest to goodness, truth. And I, yep. I was like, oh my gosh, what are we doing here? So what do you say to the young girl who probably isn't listening to this podcast, but those of you that are listening, pay this forward, let them listen to this, you know, share this with them. What do you say to yeah. them about what their path is going to yeah. look? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like that meeting had to have happened in like 1950, right? It wasn't recently. (laughs) Um, I wasn't born in 1950. I know. Sadly, (laughs) sadly, it did not. Yeah, I know. Sadly, it did not happen in 1950. Um, So one, one of the things I remember back to my first couple of years in the business, I wore suits almost every day, like, like pant suits almost every day, because again, similar to the golf thing, right? Like that's what I thought I needed to do to fit in, to go with the flow, whatever. And eventually I got to, I got to a point where I was like, no, I, I actually love fashion. I love dressing nicely. I love dresses. I I mean, I like pants too. No, you know, no offense to pants, but 
I started really dressing a way that was authentic. So it, it all goes back to being authentic to yourself. And I think if you can show up in whatever line of business it is, authentically as yourself, you will attract what you're going after. You will attract the kind of clients you want to work with. You will be successful because you're showing up in this world authentically as yourself. There's no one else in the world that is exactly like you. And that is a blessing. That's a wonderful, positive thing. So no more do we need to look like or act like or speak like what we think we you know, should do or should be, but we need to be true to ourselves. So Wear the dresses, wear the nail polish, for goodness sake. It is, you know, 2023 (laughs) after all. Um, And and be yourself. And command the room. Walk in and and I I think, (laughs) right, exactly, exactly. And I think, um, you know, one of the awesome things that I try to, I try to talk to young women about our industry is if this idea of the heart of a social worker and the mind of a capitalist is attractive to you. And that was one of the first things that made me fall in love with this industry is I love numbers. I've always loved the economy. I love money, right? Um, I love having a great lifestyle and I really, really love helping people. And this industry is a combination, same with what you do, what you did, Jen, in your, in your previous life, you know, it's a combination of marrying having a great lifestyle, you know, whether it's your own business or you work for a firm and helping people. Um, And to your point, you know, we don't learn about managing money. We don't learn about finances in school. And so people really need guidance and they need help. And so if that's attractive to you, this is a phenomenal career path. The other thing I'll say is if you are interested in having a family in the future, not that, you know, not that everyone goes down that path or has to, but this career can give you the flexibility. I am at pretty much every event my kids' school does, right? right. Um, I'm at all the sporting events. I manage my my calendar so that I can show up for my kids because that's really important to me. Um, I have two boys, ten and five, and I know that you know, you know, you know this well. Time flies, and I I want to be a present mom, and I want them to remember me at the school events and me at the sporting events. So this career also can potentially give you that sort of flexibility. So I think it's a phenomenal industry, a phenomenal career. We need to do a better job as an industry of communicating that, communicating, you know, the benefits and why young women should be interested. I also think not to to diss on my guy friends who are in the industry because they're all, you know, my my friends who are in the industry are phenomenal advisors. I have observed that women are really, really great at maintaining the long-term, I'm going to say nurturing the long-term relationship, Mm -hmm. Um, just as, you know, and that I think can be a little bit more challenging for our, for our guy friends, right? They're, they're really good. A lot of times at the hunt and the kill, and they have to work harder at the long-term nurturing that, that comes to us more naturally, I think. So just another, you know, benefit that we bring to the table. So I, I, I hope that we can move the needle in the industry of getting more women attracted because it's, it can be such a phenomenal, rewarding, fulfilling career. And we just need to do a better job of, of articulating that and, you know, getting people interested. Yeah. I love it. So one of the things I say is create a work life that makes life work. And that's what, just what you described. Yeah. That's exactly what you described. Okay. I, yeah. have one, I have one last question as we we wrap up our time here together. What do you see for the future in, uh, for financial planners, given the fact that there is so much AI out there 
where people are able to uh, do their own investments, you know, whether it's stock options, you know, you know, my son does options trading, stop stock options, brokering, uh, mm -hmm. you know, creating these self-directed, everything self-directed. Where do you see the future of what's happening, especially as we're talking about young women trying to get into this business? Um, tell us if there's a future. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that I think we've been talking about since the robo-advisor concept yeah. came out. And I don't know at this point how many years it's been. I don't even know if it's been a decade yet, but it's, you know, it's, it's been a relatively short amount of time since the robo advisor came out. And I remember when the idea it was, it was post financial crisis that this yes. developed. Yeah. Um, but I remember when robo advisors came out, talk on the street was, oh my gosh, you know, people are not going to need financial advisors anymore because they can pay a robot a fraction of what they're going to pay a person mm -hmm. to give them this advice. And, and what I'll tell you is, investment management is completely commoditized and robots can do just a, as good a job as I can, or as, you know, uh, fellow advisors can as well. That is, that is without question. So the investment management piece is absolutely going to be more and more commoditized where I think we will never be replaced is in the human interaction, the human relationships, and the advice piece, which is really what I'm going to call financial planning, right? Yeah. It's sitting down with clients and helping them identify their goals. A robot is never going to be able to have that sort of in-depth conversation, help people prioritize, help people get clarity around what it is they want and what that is going to look like and perhaps sacrifices that they're going to have to make, right? Because none of us have unlimited cash flow. Unfortunately, right. we all have limited cash flow. And that means we have to make decisions and we have to prioritize. It means, you know, having the conversation when, when we work with people like you, Jen, who are, you know, former loan officers, do you buy the million dollar house because you can afford it? Or do you buy an $800,000 house? Because that means you can retire a little bit earlier. Like which one of, which one is more important to you? So the financial planning, the advice, the human relationship is where we shine. And that's where a robot, I'm confident, at least in my lifetime, is never going to take over that aspect. Yeah. Sure, they can do the investment management, but we know that behavioral finance, helping clients make the right decisions, especially when the markets are going crazy, like 2022, we just came off a very challenging market. Yes, Having the conversation with clients to walk them off the ledge when they want to do something impulsive and short-term that will be a detriment to their financial plan. No robot can do that, right? So right. that's where I think right. we can still add value. And, and that's why I think we we still have some good job security, at least for, for my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, you can play devil's advocate. You can be curious. And that's something, you know, that if you just, and if we're dealing with this with chat GTP right now, right, as well, is, is or GP, yeah, GPT, we're dealing yep. with that. It's only as good as the question you ask. It's only as good as the input you put in. And so it's not going to challenge you on, you know, or even address the fact, I remember this with lending, you know, people would put in on the application, it says, how much do you make per month? And people would put $100,000. And we would, we would say, so do you make a hundred thousand a month? They go, oh no, 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 that's a year. I accidentally put in a year there. These are things that the robo investor, I love that you're saying it. And I would say robo realtor, robo real estate or loan officer. There's a lot robo insurance agent. They can't, they can't possibly do. So I love yeah. your insight on that. That's absolutely beautiful. This is why you're brilliant. This is why you do what you do. And you're so good with your clients. So the last question I have is, 
What would you like to leave us with? A quote, a poem, a thought as we finish up our time today. So I'm actually going to look up on my wall. I have a whiteboard wall here in my office. And one of my favorite quotes that I, I look at frequently and I think about frequently because this is all, this is what we do with clients. It's a quote by Henry David Thoreau. And it says, wealth is the ability to fully experience life. It goes back to the, to the hows and the whys um, of life. And that to me is wealth. If you can fully experience life, if you can enjoy time with your family, you know, you have good health and which if you don't have your health, wealth doesn't matter, right? So that to me is everything about being wealthy. It's not just about how much money you have in your bank. It's about experiencing a full, meaningful life. Yeah. So say the quote again, one more time. Wealth is the ability to fully experience life. Yeah, absolutely. Henry you, David Thoreau. Yeah. And if you look up the word wealth, it actually is derived from health. That's why it's there. It's wisdom with health. <laughs> and so it's that's, a pretty cool world. That's yeah. Awesome. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. I talk about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, Anne, how yeah, does someone great. get a hold of you if they want to work with you? How do they get a hold of you if they want to have you come and speak at their event? Yeah, so um, our website is curoprivatewealth.com, C-U-R-O privatewealth.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Anne McCabe. Um, I'm on Twitter. We're on Facebook, Kiro Private Wealth. Uh, we do have an info at Kiro Private Wealth email, which you can access through our website. So if you want to reach out for specific opportunities, you can reach out at, at that at that email address. But we have lots of information. We have videos on our website. We push out a lot of content on social media that's educational and, you know, also updating on the fun things that we're doing as a team. So uh, that's where people can find us. Awesome. It's been, an we're also hiring. So we're hiring oh, yeah. a, a lot of people this year. So if you're interested in work, yeah. yeah or you know someone, us, reach right? out too. Yeah. Or if you know someone, if you're yeah. listening, if you have a family member, a friend, a colleague, whatever, refer them over to Anne and she'd love to have that conversation. Thank you again so much for joining me today. Yeah. Anne. I really, really appreciate it. And I just wish you the best of luck in this 2023. I call it the soaring twenties, the soaring twenties. So you're, you're definitely soaring. And I think the balance, Ooh, I love that. The balance of the 2020, you know, the 2020s are going to be absolutely incredible. And I also want to say thank you for listening today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. And where our hope is always that you have learned something here and that you can take something and put it into action. If it's a quote, if it's a thought, if it's a mindset, or you want to reach out to Anne, or you want to reach out to me any of that. We're welcome. We're welcoming to have any of that from you all. So take a quick moment, scroll down with your thumb, scroll down to the bottom, give us a great five-star review and write something beautiful about Anne so that she can see those reviews as well as she's watching and following us as well. And one last thing is follow us on YouTube. Can't wait to uh, see more of you there and hear your comments about the various things that we're doing on YouTube as well. And with that, I say thank you so much and we'll catch you next time on Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.genduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, 
strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.